like a lot of people want an easy, comfortable life. Entrepreneurship is not an easy, comfortable life. The costs of entrepreneurship, the sacrifices you have to make. A lot of people don't really talk about this. Or a lot of people make out that it's a massive sacrifice and it's a huge hardship. So I'm going to approach this a bit differently. And I'm going to talk about the cost of entrepreneurship and the sacrifices you have to make along the way. But also I'm going to talk about the paradox. So for example, um, I believe that one of the greatest costs and sacrifices you have to make of being an entrepreneur is comfort. Like a lot of people want an easy, comfortable life. Entrepreneurship is not an easy, comfortable life. You can fucking forget that. If anyone says to you, you can start as an entrepreneur and tomorrow you can be a multimillionaire and a massive passive income, run a fucking mile. Entrepreneurship is not comfortable at all. It will challenge you in every area of your life. However, here's the paradox. That's the life I sign up for. That's the fucking life I want. Give me an amen if you agree with that, by the way. Who wants a comfortable, easy, nonchalant, virtually, um, virtually dead life? Not me. We have this perception that we want comfort. And as soon as we get comfort, what do we get? Boredom, apathy, atrophy, decay. If you're anything like me, as soon as you're bored, you fuck shit up, you fuck your life up. You just can't help creating chaos and disruption. So cost number one of entrepreneurship is comfort, but the upside is growth. And I love growth. And growth is messy and chaotic when you're going through it, but beautiful at the end. Oh, and the feeling of like transcending challenges. I mean, I cannot imagine clocking in and doing the same thing every fucking day for the next 55 years. Oh, it's really comfortable sitting on the same desk with my same cushion. No, no. So I don't know if it's a cost or a benefit. You decide. Okay, number, number two cost and sacrifice of being an entrepreneur is security. You know, you take risks, you invest your money. You, you probably got loans. You've probably got responsibility. You might have shareholders. You know, you don't know if you've got enough money to pay the wages. Um, and, and a lot of people, they don't want that. They don't want the risk. They want the security. They want the regular paycheck. But here's the paradox. Are you really secure having a small regular paycheck? Or are you more secure owning your own earning capacity? Because I would argue... If the government are taking 30, 35, 40, 45% of it off you straight away, you know, you pay tax first when you're comfortable and employed. You pay tax last when you're an entrepreneur. So it depends what you see as security. I actually think I am more secure as an entrepreneur because I can adapt, evolve, pivot, move, have an idea, Im implement immediately. So... Cost number two of entrepreneurship and the sacrifice you make is security. I think it's a paradox. I think I'm way more secure. Oh, and scale. So if security is the cost of entrepreneurship, well, the benefit is scale. Because, you know, you're hearing now of billionaires in their 20s. There's no limit to scale as an entrepreneur. There's no ceiling on your earning. Okay, number three then. Cost of entrepreneur and the sacrifice you have to make is the delaying of money and payment. Or the... Um, 
inconsistency of payments. So when you're employed and comfortable and secure, maybe, then you get consistent, you get paid every 30 or 31 days and you know what you're going to get and when you're going to get it. And with an entrepreneur, you're very inconsistently paid up until a certain point. But you know what? Then you can pay yourself 50 grand in one drawing or a hundred grand dividend. Woo! I'll take that. I'll take lumpy money. I'll have lumpy money rather than little drip, drip, drip of the tap, drip every 31 days. No, I'll take 90 days of nothing and then a big fuck off lump. I'll take that. So um, you, can, you can get residual income from being an entrepreneur. You can get lumpy capital from being an entrepreneur, which is the paradoxical upside of the consistent payment of, you know, being an employed person or not being an entrepreneur. By the way, I'm not knocking being an employed person. I think that for the right people, you absolutely should be employed. You know, what, what's the upside of being employed is you don't have to take the risk. You don't have to put your, a remortgage on your house. You don't have to put all your money on the line and you have the risk of going bust and all of that stuff. You, 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 so I just know the life I want to live. Okay, number four then. The cost of entrepreneurship and sacrifice is non-responsibility. So you have less responsibility usually if you're employee rather than employer. You know, I'm responsible for 80 staff members. I'm responsible for a lot of loans. I have a big amount of responsibility. And um, a lot of people don't want the responsibility. So that's a sacrifice you have to make as an entrepreneur. But let's flip, flip that paradox on its head. I love being responsible. I love paying millions of pounds in taxes. Did I really just say that? Yes, I just fucking did. I do. I love the fact that I um, really contribute to our local and national economy. I love the fact that I've got 80 people who are in a job and have good wage and, you know, a good culture. I love the responsibility. It makes me feel valuable. It makes me feel useful. And I know that if I was just chugging along every day, it's exactly the same. I know I would feel redundant. I'd hate myself. I wouldn't feel valuable or useful. I'd, I'd definitely feel bored and frustrated and that there should be more to life. Okay, number five, cost of entrepreneurship and the sacrifice. Fuck having hobbies. Do you remember your kids? Nah, don't remember my kids. Uh, so for me, when I started, personal time and hobbies and kids, well, I didn't have kids back then, thankfully. Um, but definitely, if you're not careful, the hobbies, the kids and the personal time can all get drowned. Now, the upside benefit of that is you can merge your passion with your profession and turn your vocation into your vacation. Love what you do and do what you love. And right now, with the rise of digital real estate and the rise of the Internet and social media and, and um, intellectual property and information and, you know, you turning your um, idea into a course or content, the creator economy, all of these new evolutions over the last decade or two means that actually your career and your passion can be the same thing. So you can't earn money off your hobbies if you're employed, but you can make your hobby your living if you're an entrepreneur, if you choose. So that's an upside. I get my kids heavily involved. So I've just created a series that I'm going to do for my money podcast and I'm going to do as live content. And the series is in, um, you know, what I'd like to teach kids at school. And I'm going to get my kids in the video. I've got about 18 different things I think kids should be taught in school. And I'm going to do maybe a four or five part series. I'm going to sit on this little blue sofa here. And I'm going to have Ariana to my left and Bobby to my right. And we're going to go live. And I'm going to deliver the content. I'm going to get their thoughts. And I'm going to get them learning with me. Involved in the business. 
involved in the content sharing, learning, earning. And most employers won't let you take your kids to, to work. But my kids go to my work. So every downside has an upside. All right. Now, number six. And um, yeah, Alison just mentioned this and some of the people um, here in the mastermind have just mentioned that relationships, that can be the cost of entrepreneurship. You know, it could be intimate relationships. It could be old friends. What's the paradoxical upside of that? Then they're not meant to be. And you lose the wrong people. So I've lost people along the way because I'm an entrepreneur and, you know, I decided to work rather than go out and get pissed. It's fine. That was obviously meant to be. So that being said, if you've got a good one, good wife, good husband, good friend, don't lose them. Yeah, I've got very supportive people around me. I'd say five or six. And that's on me if I lose them because, you know, they're people I'd want to hang on to for the rest of my life. So we just have to be careful with that one. But you will also lose and let go of friendships and relationships that aren't right for you. And that's a gift, not a curse. Now, a way to combat this and to make the cost the opportunity and the sacrifice actually the success. Oh, look at me. The cost the opportunity, the sacrifice the success is being clear on your key life areas and key result areas. So this is now the solution. By the way, hit the share button if you think this content is useful. Don't just share my rants when I'm talking about the fuel crisis or the pandemic. Share my useful content as well. <laughs> so a key life area is something you deem to be really important to you in your life. So let me know in the chat and in the comments, what's really important to you in your life? It might be your health. It might be your exercise and gym. It might actually be your entrepreneurship. It might be your meaningful mission. It might be your children, your family, whatever. But your key life areas, they should always be planned first. And I didn't do that. So a mistake I made when I started as an entrepreneur is I made entrepreneurship and the hustle the most important thing. So in the end, everything else got pushed to the side. So I, you know, didn't have a relationship for quite a while. I stopped doing my martial arts and, and the hobbies that I actually enjoyed, I stopped. And that was my fault. But I didn't know about key life areas, key result areas, income generating tasks, managing my time and my diary. I didn't understand that back then. But a way to have, be an entrepreneur and not fucking ruin your whole life is to put your key life areas in first. Now, you, they might, you might need one or two hours a day for that or three hours a day. Now, the great thing about being an entrepreneur is you can put them in whenever you want. So, you know, time with your So, for example, I always have dinner with my family every day. I try and make sure I work out, as you can see, ladies, and non-binary. Look at this Greek statue here. Mwah. Clearly working out six times a year. <laughs> So um, whatever's important to you, put it in first. They're your key life areas. If you don't put it in, Parkinson's law of time, it will get gobbled up by um, lower value tasks. So you plan your diary. I wrote a book on this called Routine Equals Results. Give me a yes in the comments if you've read it. Give me a no in the comments if you haven't. This could be my most important book for you. Routine Equals Results shows you what a key life area is, what a key result area is, what an income generating task is. And then how to put your key result areas in first, your key, uh, sorry, your key life areas in first, your key result areas in second, and then your income generating tasks in third. And everything else needs to get pushed away. But what happens is disaster, emergency, emails, rob, rob, fuck, help. And then all of a sudden, that takes five hours a day. 
and your family goes to shit and you're not doing income generating tasks and you're not growing your business, you're just chasing your tail. So it's called routine equals results. You plan your key life areas in first and then after that, you plan your key result areas in. And a key result area is you've probably got five main things you do that will grow your business the most and achieve your meaningful mission. So for me, it's collaborations, partnerships, strategy, vision, building my personal brand. And then all of our um, tar growth targets. These are my key result areas. Now, there's a million things I could do with my day. But I've only got five key result areas. They should be put in before any other work-related tasks. But they should go in after your key life areas. Key life areas, then key result areas. That might be four or five hours a day. And then income generating tasks, sales, marketing, pitching, partnerships, whatever it is that will generate revenue directly, prospecting, lead generation. And then everything else should just get pushed back. Someone has asked, is my book on Amazon or my direct website? I sell all of my books on Amazon because I, uh, you know, Amazon basically are the mammoth. I want the rankings. Help me go up from ranked 1 million to rank 999,000. Bye now. <laughs> so it's uh, called Routine Equals Results. It's on Amazon. It's also at the end as a gift of my audiobook version of Start Now, Get Perfect Later. If you haven't got it. It's a really important book, I think. It's a very, very quick read. So the cost of entrepreneurship and the sacrifices you have to make. Number one, comfort is the cost, but growth is the upside. Number two, security is the cost, but scale and ultimate control is the upside. The lack of consistent payment is the cost, but the lumpy and residual and lack of ceiling earnings is the upside. The, the, the lower level of responsibility is the cost, but then the value of responsibility is the upside. The hobbies, the kids and the personal time can be the cost. But if you merge your passion and profession and move them together, that's the upside. Relationships and those that you lose can be the cost of entrepreneurship. But if you lose the right ones and gain them and hold on to the right ones, that's the upside of entrepreneurship. So put your key life areas in first, then your key result areas, then your income generating tasks. That might be three to five hours a day. Everything else comes in after and you'll have a meaningful life moving towards your meaningful mission, keeping the right people around you.